0: Big Sky Breakdown, another new segment for you, a familiar voice, uh, but this is a new addition to the Big Sky Breakdown. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, participated in a variety of our stuff, whether it's Nuanas Now on ESPN Radio or uh, me on the Inside the Den podcast that he is the uh, host of or him sometimes here on the Big Sky Breakdown. We are doing this in a little bit different format. You were on the Montana Football Hour with me last couple years. I love doing that. But this way I think we can just get more deep into what, you're the expert on and, and that's the montana grizzlies so we'll do this once a week uh, riley will be hopping on and uh hopefully you enjoy we can also do a lot more all around the big sky stuff this way too uh because we don't have the constraints of the radio machine
2: isn't that crazy in this day and age of ever yeah. evolving media so it's great to be on with you you know how much i love collaborating with you and talking not only grizz right i don't think many people want to hear me talk about the cats on, on the montana football <laughs> so so hey this is great we'll talk about the grizz and then now as we dive in the big sky conference culture. is. It's going to be so fascinating this year. I, I legitimately think they can get six teams in the playoffs. So when that happens, we'll talk that national poll. It'll be fun. There, there's so much that we can dive into and uh yeah, adapt or get left behind. We're adapting to the new media ways. <laughs> well
0: one thing that uh so many different coaches in the big sky and around college football right now are trying to adapt to is this whole new uh trend, craze of dual quarterback Man. systems. When Sac State first started doing it with Troy Taylor two years ago, we wrote a whole feature story about it at Skyline Sports because it was so unorthodox. I mean, he came out and said, hey, we have two quarterbacks. This guy's the thrower. This guy's the runner. That's what we're going to do all year long. This is not some sort of BS. This is really what our whole thing is going to be about. And now – everybody's trying to do it the cats did it well last year but now montana's doing it sacks doing it again with a couple new guys that we're seeing this all across college football and uh, I, I just find it fascinating i'm still trying to figure it out because there's like pluses and minuses to to doing
2: this well, there really is and coaches they say they they copy each other that For that's sure. what college football is and generations go hand in hand with with trying to find what works best and i You're right with Sacramento State starting it. I think the Cats absolutely took it to another level last year. And then the rest of the Big Sky is going, why not? Let's try this thing. And and when you have dual threat quarterbacks, both across the board, like Clifton McDowell, Sam Bidlock, why not utilize strengths? Number one, it's a competitive advantage. Number two, you can go based off matchup each week. And that's what we're seeing with the Grizz. And not only in the Big Sky Conference, now... Two of the first three opponents for the Grizz, a two-quarterback system. So it's not maybe the best for a play-by-play guy because you got to right. go through a little bit of everything. And not only that, you have to look at when they break the huddle. Okay, it's 16 out there. Okay, it's seven out there. We were doing that a ton last week, but Ferris State's the same way. It is really intriguing to me just across the college football landscape that you're starting to see it just a little bit more, not only in the big sky.
0: Let's go pros and cons of this. Well, I just go pro, you go con. You go pro, I go con. Uh, pro is matchup issues for the 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 defense. They got to prepare for two different guys, two different schemes. Grizz are a great example. Clifton McDowell is going to be your power run guy. Sam Vidlak is going to be more of the thrower. Uh, so I mean, that, that's a definitive pro.
2: A con for me, if we're going to go back and forth, yeah. would be lack of rhythm. And right. I think especially with quarterbacks, you need to feel the game. You need to feel the pressure of the defensive line, how that's coming at you, and when you get every other series or or sometimes like the Grizz are doing you have to sit cold for you know a quarter and a half and then you come in for two series that's a definite con to try and get in there and especially with two guys like the Grizz have that don't have much collegiate experience collegiate snaps leading into this year so to me that's a definite con
0: I mean the other addition to that con which also could be a pro (laughs) is the confidence factor right now what I'm seeing two games in for the Grizz I think Clifton McDowell is very confident in his role. I think he's playing with a lot of confidence. I think the Grizz offense has a lot of confidence in him. I think Sam Bidlack is lacking confidence right now because when he's gotten in, it hasn't been sort of this designed thing that is already a strength of what Montana's offense is going to do. He's trying to make plays, but I just think if they gave Sam Bidlack a whole half, Maybe he could find that rhythm and gain some confidence. So I don't know. I think it's a pro and a con.
2: Well, and when talking about Sam Vidlak just in particular, it seems like to me, when you talk about what the Grizzlies' strength is, we know it's the O-line. We know it's the running backs that they have. So Clifton McDowell fits perfectly, fits like a glove in that. For Sam Vidlak, I'm going to say this, and it might come off as both ways, that he is the missing piece. You need a, a throwing element to That's this Grizzly offense, right? But right. at the same time, it might be disjointed when he comes in because like Utah Tech, they were running the heck out of the football. And then it's like, okay, we're going to try and throw a little bit. And it just seemed disjointed, at least last week. So it's a fascinating twist. But there is no denying the fact that Grizzlies need Sam Vidlak and what he can bring to this squad. Now, Clifton McDowell can throw. We know that. And and I know he's not just a runner only. But, hey, the strength of Sam Vidlak is throwing the football. And with how many talented wide receivers the Grizz have, they have to have the best version of him if they want success down the line.
0: Well, and that's my whole thing, is if, if your true goal is a, a big sky in a national championship, with the way that montana's currently built the players that they have on their roster i don't think you can win that a, a full-on big sky championship and a national championship with a, a one-dimensional offense with just a, a run heavy offense you're not quite there yet but also some of your best players your most talented players are guys that you got to get the ball to and to get over the top that that's why i would like to see them give Vidlac more of an opportunity to get in a rhythm because when you get deep in the playoffs, everybody knows that the run game in the cold weather is important, but to beat North Dakota State, South Dakota State, Montana State, William and Mary, you're going to need to be able to spread them out and throw the ball.
2: Well, and that element of play action too. I yeah. think the Grizz can really utilize that. I'm curious to see how they're going to use Vidlack and even McDowell for that fact on the play action because people are going to start playing the run, loading the box. I just envision that happening. But, but for the Grizzlies, I think we know that they are going to be able to run the football in November, which is a welcome sign compared to the last couple of years, right? I mean, I'm even doing some of these running back numbers already. I mean, Eli Gilman has the most rushing yards for a Grizzly running back through two games in 10 years. Jordan Canada, 2013. Yeah, that's the last time that someone ran for 200 yards in the first two games. So that is established in the offensive line. That could be a whole different segment that we could talk about. But that's at least established now where you can trust that aspect of it. Now, can they trust a quarterback to to go in there? And how will this evolve? Will it be a two-quarterback system all the way? I know this, and this is... No BS holding anything back. I know the plan was in place for two games, that yeah. each of them were going to start one game, Vidlak and yep. McDowell. Yep. Now, I don't know where they're going to go. Are they going to stick with someone for a full game, or is it still going to be this rotation basis? It'll be something that'll be fun for to us to watch play out. The other thing is
0: that uh, this is a pro and a con when it comes to the dual quarterback systems. Bobby Houck loves position competition. He loves having competition at every position. I think that breeds great success within your football program at most positions. I don't know if you necessarily want to have your quarterbacks in competition at all times just because you need that guy, that anointed guy to kind of be the leader. That said, the fact that these two guys are new to the program, they've only played two games as Grizzlies, each of them. He wants the competition to, to go into the conference season, and I actually think that is smart on his part because I think he wants to keep them both engaged – I think he wants to see how they are in games. And let's be frank, you're supposed to win at least your first four games if you're Montana, right? So I think you can go back and forth with these guys until you maybe have a definitive winner. But I also don't know if that's ever going to happen this year.
2: It's a byproduct of a little bit of everything. The September schedule sets up for them. And I don't, want to say this is an experiment but but at least in the first couple of weeks right to to experiment with combinations it works for for your first couple of opponents
0: i gotta say this too i've been waiting for a good opportunity to say this coach Houck deserves a ton of credit for looking around the big sky in college football and getting beat by teams that are employing this style of system and then saying okay maybe that is pretty good i mean bobby Houck knows defense as well as everybody so if he's recruiting this and wanting to employ this, he knows it's because it'll drive him crazy as a defensive coach. I don't know if he's getting enough credit for that. I think a lot of people are crying, saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think that he deserves a lot of credit for saying, hey, I saw this work against us and beat us. Maybe we should give it a try.
2: Well, yeah, and in year 12, still having that mindset of, okay, I can still get better too. And I think a lot of people, we need to go back a little bit and talk about how Clifton McDowell became a Montana Grizzly because they knew they had Sam Vidlak. I mean, Sam Vidlak was the guy that your prototypical quarterback, right? Pocket passer, really strong arm. Well, Clifton McDowell is the more out-of-the-box guy, and he was committed to Somewhere else, he was committed to Southern, and they did not yeah. quit uh, recruiting him and saying we need someone like him to add to what we have here. Fourth yep. school in four years. I think your point. I don't want to get it. I don't want to have this overlooked. Is keeping both guys engaged sure. in this day and age of the transfer portal culture. I mean, Sam Vidlac. Hopefully, he's found a home here after sure. three schools in three years. Well, Clifton McDowell was four schools in four years. You bail on a guy early, yep. you run the risk of unfortunately. Just them leaving, right? I mean, That is where we're at in college football for for better or for worse. Well,
0: and also you want to give Clifton McDowell an empowered role because you've talked to the kid. He's a really good young man. I mean, he's he's a very engaged guy. He's got natural leadership characteristics. He's very charismatic. And you, you want that guy to be your leader on your team. And to be a leader, you have to have a role. I mean, it's very similar to what Montana State's done with Sean Chambers. He's one of their best leaders. That's why he's one of their captains. They have to have a role for him, though, if you're going to be a captain. You can't just be a captain who's a backup quarterback. You need to have some, some sort of say in the success of the team.
2: You have to have it on the field as well as off the field. And I, I think Clifton McDowell came here. He talked to Brent Pease and said, I do not want to be a gimmick quarterback. I right. think he's proven that he's not a gimmick quarterback. And to have this role, to go on the competition note, I mean, let's go back through the last couple of years for the Grizz. I think that hurt them in a major way, that there was no true competition sure. of – Dalton Sneed, anointed starter yeah, right I mean, away it was, it your was team. was
0: Dalton Sneed versus Gresh Jensen for a month, and then Gresh Jensen pieced out, and that was it. And that was Dalton it. Dalton was the guy for years.
2: Yeah, and Lucas Johnson comes in, and it doesn't matter who the backup was. I mean, he's a 24-year-old seventh-year senior. He's not going to compete with anybody. I mean, it's his team, basically. That clearly didn't work for Montana down the Mm -hmm. line. So Mm -hmm. to have both these guys in, and I hate to say the obvious, and I'm not jinxing anything, the Grizz have made it one year in the last decade with just one quarterback. Someone might get hurt here, and then that way, you can trust either one of these guys to go for a full game if and when that happens.
0: Well, that's another reason Bobby Houck deserves a bunch of credit because Montana's season has sunk because their quarterback got hurt the last two years. (laughs) So, you know... You got to have another option there that's a viable option if one of the guys is going to go down. Big Sky Breakdown presented by Opportunity Bank, your local bank, your opportunity. Um, so I, I get what they're doing, and I, I do think there's a lot of elements. I think the pros outweigh the cons in terms of what you got. If you had an Eric Barrier or just you know some sort of world-beating quarterback, then you wouldn't even have to be considering this. You'd just have one guy. But based on what they got, and, I, and just based on how they've gotten beat in recent years, I, I get what what they're doing here. I'm just trying to figure out like the path forward, what's the most sustainable way to do it. Having McDowell be your starter and set the tone in the run game, I think is Bobby Houck's probably ideal style of what he wants to do. But having the passing guy be the spot guy is so hard because you got to get into a rhythm. But then if you make Vidlac the guy and have McDowell be the spot player, then you become predictable. So I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to do that? I guess this is why these guys get paid the money. to. This is why Brent Pease was the offensive coordinator at of Florida, right? He's the one that's going to figure this out.
2: Well, and that's why it's it's fun for guys like us to go each week. Okay, which, which direction are they going to go? What better suits them for a strength? I would be under the impression right now that, that we know the Grizz can run the football. That's right
0: so the best they've looked on offense was when mcdowell was the quarterback and they were just running the ball just, second half against butler first half against utah tech
2: exactly if sam vidlak can bring his best to it i would flip that back at you how unpredictable does it make the grizz if sam vidlak can come out one game and they start out seven of their first eight passes seven of their first eight plays are throws right. and then all of a sudden you loosen up that defense a little bit the running holes might open up a little bit more then maybe you put two running backs back there with a vidlak that I think would be the the perfect storm and have McDowell be able to come in at I, times. I just think they
0: gotta have these playmakers engaged somehow, some way. Saturday you, against Utah Tech was a quintessential Bobby Houck win. It, you force three turnovers and turn all three of those into scores. It, you, you have a punt, a 65-yard punt that you down on the one that then you turn into a 47-yard junior brig and uh, punt return touchdown. And you know, you, you just completely pound Utah Tech across the board. You're up 36 nothing at halftime. You can empty the bench. You play everybody that came on the trip. I mean, you're even playing the backup kicker, you know. So that, that's, that's He what, was proud of that, by th- the way. No, he was definitely proud of it. He made sure to tell me afterwards. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but you got to uh, – so that, that's the reason why they basically primarily only ran the ball. But moving forward, you just have Junior Bergen and Aaron Fonts and Keelan White need to be the keys to or at least a part of Montana having the success if it wants to attain the success that they want.
2: I uh, Absolutely. And getting the ball in at least Junior and Aaron's hands right away. And this is no slight to Keelan White. He is going to be involved in he had his second best receiving game ever against Butler. So that, that goes to show you he's a point of emphasis. But multiple ways to get Junior and Aaron the ball. And yeah. I, I, I would ask your opinion on this, too. It has it seemed obvious to me that they are going to find different ways to make sure that Junior Bergen and Aaron Fonce are touching. I mean, Aaron Fonce has already had three carries yeah. with one of them being called back that would have been a touchdown. Junior Bergen, maybe not so much the Utah Tech game. Let's call it what it is, folks. They kept a lot in their back pocket. They did well, not right. have to reveal anything in that Utah Tech game. So people How much go, of that is a factor? I— I think it's a big factor.
0: I mean, because they ran their script on the first drive of both games and looked completely dynamic and then looked very, very vanilla after that. That's by design, right? It's
2: by design. It absolutely is. And it's no no secret. I mean, we're talking about it a lot. Okay, Ferris State, that's the crown jewel of non-conference. They will pull out some new things in this game. Especially if that, they have to. Yes, especially if they have to. And even more so well, down the line. That's the other thing people yeah. got to
0: understand is for all the ways that Bobby Houck has grown and changed during his coaching career, If Bobby Howe can run the ball 57 times and win by 30, he's going to do it.
2: Yes. That's it. (laughs) There's there's no – yeah, he will dare a team stop us with the run, and if you can't, we will pound it down your throat for the entire game. They've proven they can do that for the first couple, and I just – what I'm amazed by – how are they going to balance the carries with running backs? I don't want to segue the conversation yet, but I mean, with Gilman and Osmo, they both looked really, really good. Harris can do what he can, not Isaiah Childs. I mean, they have so many running backs at their
0: disposal too. Well, that, I mean, that's what Coach Houck kind of snapped during the press conference a little bit, but he's right, especially because they're not running that, they're not playing that fast at tempo. They're playing with decent tempo, but not that fast. They're not trying to run 90 plays a game. They're trying to run 70 plays a game. It's very NFL style. and. So there's only so many snaps to go around, right? I mean, like Bobby said, there's only one ball, <laughs> you know? So, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they keep everybody happy. I think that here's what I do know. It's a lot easier to keep everybody happy if you just win. Yes. They got to just keep winning.
2: And keep everybody engaged. And how about this? For the first time, and we went 15 minutes on it already. The strength is the offense, and that's the first time it's been for a while that you, the, the biggest question you're See, talking. See, that's about. the
0: thing I've heard that, and I I, I agree with you. I think their most talent is on offense. I still, I actually think the Grizz, they, I think they still have some room to go at corner. Other than that, I think they're really good on defense.
2: I think defensive line depth still is. is I think going defensive to be line to depth
0: ta- is a big one for sure. Yeah. I also, and we don't need to get into mead ranting on this too much, but I do think that. Cale Edwards should have a different role in the defense. He should be a pass rush specialist. They should move him to that Riley Wilson linebacker spot and just let him come off the edge. Oh, my Because he's such a good athlete. He runs so well. And him just getting caught in the wash, he's tough as hell, and he can do it. But he could be a 10-sack guy, I think. He's just so athletic. To me, he's so much like Daniel Hardy was at Montana State. Anyways, I digress. I think that the middle part of their defense, Governor, the linebackers, and the safeties are really good.
2: How much of that... Are, are, you're encouraged by the defense, so am I. How much of that is still the scheme, plug and place guys, or how much is it maybe players have stepped up a little bit, maybe to our surprise? Let's
0: explain this to the people a little bit. So, Montana's still running the same base scheme with a lot of the same principles. They're doing a lot of different stuff defensively. This is the stuff I love to watch, but you can tell they're running a lot of different coverages on the back end. Trevin Gradney mentioned it. Like, th- they didn't run cover two ever last year, they're running a bunch of cover two. Like, when Gradney has his leaping pick, and he looks like he got beat, he did get beat, but he's in a cover two zone, so he's in front of the receiver. So if he makes a play on the ball, that's a very NFL thing. That's a Ronnie Bradford, Tim Hauk thing.
2: I was going to say, don't forget Tim Hauk in been, this that's too, right? I
0: mean, you were at the press conference. I asked Trajan Cotton about the, the diversification of their coverage. He said, thanks for the good question. He just like lit up. He was so eager to talk about it. I
2: appreciate the question. Yeah. I, that totally caught my yeah, attention, totally. so hat tip.
0: Yeah, because he, he, but he, he wanted to talk about it, and that's the other thing in their defense. Alignment-wise, it's still the same. But they used to be; they were rotating the safety spots, like the nickel and the free safety spot. Everybody that played those spots had to know how to play both, and they would like constantly rotate. And then Robbie Houck was the strong safety, and he never came out of the game. Now they have like three defined safety positions. Now it's like Trejon Cotton, and Ash Fouch that don't come off the field. They've been rotating the other spot with Graves and and uh, Jackson Lee and Ryder Meyer and Ryder Meyer. Yep. those guys been rotating a little bit. Uh, but cotton's the one that doesn't come off the field now and he's he's playing just that nickel spot he doesn't have to move all around that's big and i think you can see it in their coverages so i think that's something that's going to accelerate because i think they're going to be able to cross people up i think there's a, a notion that they maybe don't have the talent they need at corner i think they can mask some of that though with the scheme
2: i think so too and corbin walker's a guy that has played a ton of football he's always the the He's always the forgotten one. It seems like in the secondary, but he's been a mainstay. Gradney has shown he can do something. I've seen the signs of Ronald Jackson too, the transfer from Akron. But to your point on the defense, Kent Bear was amazing at what he did, right? But but his strength was the front. And we know yeah. that the Grizz are always going to be a good tackling team, and they're going to be able to stop the run for the most part, right? Yeah. Okay, well, what may be lacked, I think, the last couple of years? The secondary, the straight, pass coverage. Well, now you bring in... The same concept of a defense with a different mindset of a Ronnie Bradford who played in NFL secondary with a Tim Houck who played and coached in NFL secondary. So now you do see more zone concepts. You're seeing... They're running uh, way more combo coverage. Yes, Yes. and I think that's only going to benefit this defense as it grows again. It's still a tight fraternity and and shameless plug, but if you check out the Inside the Den podcast with Kent Bears interview, he talked about it a little bit. I'm not going to reveal which head coach it is. You might be able to find out, but there's a lot of people within the college football world like titans in the coaching world that want to understand this three-three-five defense For a sure. little bit more that want to get on zoom call say well how do you do this how do you disguise coverages because it is fascinating and it's only continuing to grow there's only five or six teams that run it maybe up to eight a variation of it with all of college football it is unique but uh, but i am starting to see different elements mikey ramovich by the way the butler coach tried to dismiss that i think that only made him look a little dumber. He's like, oh yeah, it looked like the same defense to me. Eh, not quite. Look, not, a, look right, a little bit closer, quite. coach.
0: Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, there was a lot of people that were uh, critical of game one against Butler, the amount of throws, back shoulder throws that Brett Bushka was able to hit. Part of that's just he's a really good quarterback. He's good. I mean, he's a good quarterback for sure. Also, part of that though is you know that's Trevor Gradney's first college start, and he's playing cover two for the first time, playing bump and run stuff for the first time. He got burned twice in the first half, and I thought he was swimming. But then his recovery speed and his athleticism, that's what makes him a perfect guy in the scheme. And he has the great pick against Butler. Same thing. Gets beat a little bit by Utah Tech, but he's able to make a play on the ball. Guys like him are going to be so key to the Grizz, though, because as they keep coming, then that's going to help the whole rest of the, the, the coverage schemes evolve.
2: Well, everybody falls into place, I think. if you Because Trevin Gradney, its called it. it it's his position – was probably one of the biggest question marks coming in. Second
0: uh, To me is the biggest question mark of the year for the Grizz coming in.
2: And therefore has been one of the most pleasant surprises so far in the early sample size. So I think the rest of the defense from the question marks, I mean, linebackers? Seems pretty solid to me with, yep. with with Hill Wilson. The combination of Jana Carroll, Flink, and Tyrrell for the third spot. You got defensive line. I love the starters. By the way, I mean, what have you seen from the defensive line with with Edwards, obviously Harris, Gubner, those guys. The depth is going to be a question with Hank News being out, but I mean, the rest of the defense has seemed to fall in line pretty good so far. Yeah,
0: Harris is uh, he's tougher to block than I thought he was going to be because he's he's pretty skinny. I mean, he's six five and long, but he's pretty skinny. But uh, he's pretty good coming off the ball. Um, they, they just they got to find another guy to rotate in there with Governor. That, that's to me is is one of their other spots they got to shore up for sure. They need Cashbender back for sure. Um,
2: How much are you seeing attention? On Alex gubner has it changed from last year to this year as far
0: as see that's it's so interesting because the way that they use him Sometimes he's the he's like the mechanism of the whole thing a lot of times He's just flashing right in front of the center space. He's not making a read at all He's just going to that spot and once that's what his read is and then everybody else behind him ensues so he's like the maestro everybody else kind of follows suit based on what he does, but You know, and it's also been kind of hard to to tell because these teams that the Grizz have played are unfamiliar with the Grizz. They're not conference games. They're overmatched. So, you know, but I I don't know. I guess the point is, I think the Grizz are actually pretty good on defense. They just got to keep coming along in the secondary. But I do think the the coverage changes have been uh, a pleasant surprise.
2: They have been, and they're going to be put to the test this week against Ferris State with the offense that the Bulldogs want to run. A lot of similarities to Montana State. And with the two-quarterback system running... Getting a lot of formations, keeping your eyes trained. It'll be a very good, I would say, the first real test for this.
1: Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Bobcat Sports and Grizzly Athletics.
0: Riley mentioned his Inside the Den podcast. I got it loaded up on the queue. Kent Bear, former defensive coordinator, is on there. Who else is on there?
2: We got Kent Haslam this week, yep. an update talking about the the new good old Grizzlies collective from NIL in this day and age, the yeah. update on the indoor facility and everything with fall sports. So so Kent Bear, Kent Haslam are the guests, and then we do a full game recap and a preview, of course, with uh, Ace Sourwine, a. Sour the new sideline reporter for Grizzly football.
0: Ace doing a great job. Go check out that Inside the Den podcast like this podcast probably presented by Blackfoot communications, visit goblackfoot.com to see how Blackfoot can help you and your small business. Um, last little note I wanted to get to you on the Grizz, then we'll talk just a little bit of a uh, big sky stuff. Uh, I saw something on Saturday night that was uh, rather new. They rotated almost constantly on the right side of their offensive line. Journey Grimsler and to Liam Brown at the right guard spot, Brandon Casey and Cannon and Pen fall off at the, the right tackle spot. And, that was for no, like Bobby Huck said, it's not more complicated than the fact that it's hot and those guys are big. We just wanted to get them a bunch of reps, but the Grizzes haven't been in a spot to be able to do that. Uh, another sort of carry on of the competition, I think it works a lot better on the offensive line maybe than it does at the quarterback spot, just generally. Um, but I, I don't know. I think that that's a, a, another good sign for the Grizz because last couple of years, offensive line's been pretty good. But if a guy goes down, it's been a, a real big gap between who's up next they don't seem to have that same gap now
2: they absolutely don't when you talk about being seven deep i know coach Houck says nine to ten deep but you really got seven right you've got your primary backup guard or third guard and liam brown third tackle in cannon pamphiloff to where those guys are interchangeable and i mean that and if like leon brown
0: had to play right tackle he could play that too
2: yes and that that to me is the biggest part of this right where you can go on either side left yeah. tackle right tackle left guard right guard that is a massive, massive benefit that this program has not had, where you can not only culture from a competition standpoint, because offensive line, a lot of it's effort, right? I mean, providing consistent effort. And number two, staying fresh throughout the course of the game, especially if you're going to run the ball like the Grizzlies have to the tune of 230 in game one and 262 in game two, to where you are going to have this and i think this is going to be something that sticks and i love it from nick osmo i think somebody asked him in the press conference could you tell and he goes no i couldn't tell who right. who's in i don't even know who's in sometimes that is that is a compliment to those yes, guys right, not right. a detriment and i i'm very encouraged to see it and this truthfully we might have been talking about it the last couple of years oh the old line it's back it's it's close to being back I think finally this year we can say that it is back, and that's a big, big reason why to have those two that you can interchange off the bench. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again.
1: Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana.
0: Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs.
1: Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today.
0: Or visit townpump.com rewards to register and start saving.
1: Town pump, right down the road.
0: Pump it up, oh yeah. Big Side Town presented by Town Pump. Town Pump keeping us fueled up all season long. Appreciate them for being a part of this again. Brawl the Wild by the Mile back for another year. I, I was having a laugh watching the the end of the Idaho game. And thinking about how once upon a time Idaho, Nevada, Boise State were all in the same conference as the Grizz and the Cats, and Nevada broke off first, and then Boise State followed, and then Idaho went afterwards. And Boise State reached the highest heights of those three, but Nevada also was better than more. They were they were better more often than not uh, throughout all the time when Chris Alt was the head coach there, and then it was Idaho that kind of got lost in the wash, and then had to come crawling back to the Big Sky. But oh, the irony. That the Vandals are way better as an FCS school than they ever were as an FBS school, and they're beating their new and old rivals handily. It's just amazing that Idaho had to come back down to the Big Sky to then have this huge upper hand. But thirty-three to eight or thirty-three to six—I mean, unbelievable. I mean, they—they they rolled Nevada.
2: I, that wasn't even close. Wasn't I, close. I mean, first play of the game, they score on a seventy-five-yard touchdown, and clearly never looked back. It is very, very you whatever I they wrote. Given him course at 14 for 20 for 330 yards. I think they could have won by more if they for really sure. wanted to. I mean, the irony of it is pretty incredible. And Nevada now, Nevada at the FBS level reminds me a little bit of what Idaho was sure. towards the tail end of it. And the Vandals have it rolling. I mean, they are for real. If you think at all that you know, oh, it was a flash in the pan. Oh, they've got the target on their back. They want the target on their back. They sure. embrace the target on their back. Their coach loves it. The coach talks about it all the time. Their, their two got representatives came to media days in penguin suits. I mean, they are <laughs> they are a confident group. They are for ready sure. to go. And I think it's fun. It's great for the Big Sky conference culture. It is great that it's we great. are talking it's about great. it. You could do power power poll right now. The top three teams are in the state of Montana and Idaho. For sure. That is awesome. That is music to everybody's ears, I think, that that follows and loves this league. And that's why I do think it's the strongest it's ever been. I think there's a chance that six teams could get in the playoffs, four, dare I say, eh, maybe not five seeds, but, I mean, you're almost talking – virtual lock that you're going to get four to five teams in there and the the conference this year and this will be a fun conversation for us to chronicle each week as this race kind of heats up and especially in week one when you've got big time matchup sack at idaho and the cats down there in ogden to take on weber state this is the best the top half of the league has maybe ever been and, and i think, part of that's
0: because the bottom half is not as good as it's been too right yeah i think that's what makes this so fascinating it is the best top half and there's not like this outstanding. There's a bunch of teams that are really good, but no one that is clear cut ahead of everybody else. The Cats are slightly, but I, I mean, I think several of the other teams are going to be right there but they also didn't have all these games to warm up for each other intermittently you know because i just don't see any of the teams in the bottom half beating any of the teams in the top half
2: thank you because every question i keep getting about throw well, g- give me a surprise team in the bottom of the league there's no surprise team Let, let's quit talking about for that sure. bring, yes eastern washington's looked impressive in their two losses so far sure. okay maybe maybe because the bar was so low from where they finished last year okay they've been competitive against fresno state and even to north dakota state for the first first half to some degree but let's not waste any time talking about the bottom half of the league it will be a massive upset and we will talk about it when a team in the bottom six beats a team in the in the top six and until that happens let's not waste any time talking about it because the top six is that good
0: you were thinking that Weber State was going to be a team that had to kind of battle their way back into the playoffs they've looked really good they, they looked a little clunky the first half against Central Washington. It looked great in the second half, and they looked great on Saturday. They, I mean, they took it to Northern Iowa. They totally controlled that game.
2: Biggest surprise to me of the top half of the yeah. league. I'll admit. I, Northern
0: we, Iowa might also not be very good. I mean, that quarterback, <laughs> the day I think Theo Day is his name, and he's regarded as one of the 10 best draft prospects in the FCS. They go to Iowa State and score eight and then don't do anything. I mean, he threw three picks against Weber. He's, his draft stock is not looking good at early on here.
2: It's the it's the prototypical Northern Iowa, and I know there's a lot of right. people listening to this going, oh yeah, they'll go six and five and make the playoffs somehow, right? Sure, it right? just seems that that might be the case, and I will say it, with both elements here number one it's always a great win when a big sky team can go be the top half missouri valley team on the road and go do it it's always a tough place to play the uni dome over there so that's still a big win but at the same time i'm with you and i i this kind of piggybacks off what we were talking about with the big sky i'm not sure how good the missouri valley is again you've got two elite teams you have two maybe contenders in, in north dakota and southern yeah. illinois then after that what are they you know I I don't see very much after that. So it'll be kind of the jury still out on Northern Iowa but but nonetheless Weber State has been a very big surprise. Mickey Mental, I mean I think a lot of it too and this is nothing against Mickey Mental and the new coaching staff. I had so much respect and high regard for what Jay Hill did that I wasn't sure that anybody could keep it at that standard. And through a very small sample size, sure seems like Weber's not missing a beat.
0: We both agreed Idaho would be our number one in our power pole right now coming off an FBS win. Do they have a uh, chance against Cal this week?
2: No, I don't think so. I think everyone wants to talk themselves into it. I mean, a chance would be what? Being close in the second half? Sure. I, I don't see that game being single digits. I don't. I mean, I... Nevada and Cal are are very different opponents. I still think that that doesn't take away from what Idaho has done, but let's start taking this into account. Emotional win, third straight road game, second straight FBS opponent, first power five opponent that's going to catch up to you eventually. And dare I say this, I mean, if it's out of reach in the second half, they got a pretty big game next week that they need to start getting ready for, for too sure. in Sacramento state. So all of that into play, nothing against Idaho. I don't see that one being as close.
0: Uh, My state heartbreaker uh, in Brookings to me, all the scenarios going into that game for the cats were good. You go in there and you compete, but lose. Okay. Build on it. Go in there and win. You ride the momentum, but you go in there and commit 12 penalties and false start nine times. And basically give away two touchdowns that you have to settle for field goals on and I mean, you you, you not only could have you should have won the game and you didn't so to me it completely changes the whole narrative how do you bounce back from that you you just have to you have to put it in the rear view for Montana State
2: that is the perfect storm of maybe the only scenario where you really could walk away from that game disappointed because they really should have won that game and and kind of blew it I mean the fact culture that they got the ball on the one yard line after a blocked punt to seal the game essentially on the road with their offense, with their offensive line and with Sean Chambers at quarterback. And they couldn't get one yard, false start aside. They couldn't get one yard in three plays. That is stunning to me. And I, I do, I wonder how they are going to be, because I, First off, they're still number three in my national poll. I think they're legit. So, everyone listen to this. It's not me going, okay, watch out. It's going to spiral. Absolutely not. But at the same time, how do you recover from that? This week for them, this week for them is a no game. It doesn't even matter. It's now, how can you get ready to go back on the road? Because you're going to face adversity again. We know how tough their road schedule is going to be. And because of what we just said, two weeks down in Ogden, they better be ready to go because a loss there. Could change the tone of the season. The Grizzlies know that very well from what happened to them last year on the road. So they're going to get everybody's best shot, and I'm really fascinated to see how they do bounce back.
0: Uh, we're, we're sort of on the same page on the Grizz, so how about just the other teams that are sort of in that top tier? Any thoughts on Sac State, UC Davis?
2: I still think we don't know about yeah. those two teams in California. Weber's been better than we yeah. thought they were
0: going to be or yeah. out the gates. Uh Sacks still figuring it out. I mean, they're doing this two-quarterback system, but those guys aren't Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara. I think that they're okay. Carson Kemp and Kane Bennett are pretty good, but I, both both the guys they did this with last time around were really good. Yeah. So uh, a lot to be determined there. And then I thought Davis looked great against Texas A&M Commerce, but I don't think Texas A&M Commerce is good. And then Davis looked terrible against Oregon State, but I think Oregon State's really good.
2: I think that UC Davis and Montana, right? When they go into game six yeah. and they're playing each October other. October 7th. You aren't going to know much about both teams because yeah. Davis, if I'm not mistaken, they they've got Cal Poly and Eastern Washington and another easy win this week. so they'll, they'll be sitting at four and one yeah. going into that game. The Grizz should be five and0. Oh. they'll be yeah. heavily favored in their next three games, but we're so the Grizz that- got Ferris State. At Northern, at Northern Arizona. Northern Arizona, then Portland State. Idaho State. Idaho State. Idaho State Portland at home. State's later yep. on, uh, on yeah. the road. That's so right. going into that game, I think those will still be the two biggest question marks in the league. Sacramento State, I'm not ready to, I mean, I'm not throwing in the towel by any stretch, but they, they look different than last year. They, they look a little bit different. I'm curious. This week, they play at Stanford and Troy Taylor. Interesting. The number came out. Stanford is favored by? Oh, man. Any guesses? Nine and a half. <laughs> oh, you nailed it. You nailed it. Stanford's yeah. favored by nine and a half. So yeah. that's. Coming t- off
0: of a, what, 55 to 10 loss to USC? They got slaughtered. They got day. smoked.
2: So that to me, although FBS, FCS, sometimes you can't tell a lot, I think in this specific circumstance, you will be able to be told a lot because not only are you getting challenged, you're going to an FBS team that obviously you're a single digit underdog, but Troy Taylor obviously knows yeah. any everything Sacramento State wants to do. So do they have any wrinkles that show that, sure. that they're a little different or does Troy Taylor outcoach them to a blowout win that goes to show you, okay, maybe Sac State has some work to do.
0: Yeah, that's gonna be a fascinating matchup to watch. He's Riley Corcoran voice. Of the Grizzle will join us once a week here on the Big Sky Breakdown to talk all things Grizz football and some around the big sky as well. Anything other you want to add before
2: we get there? I'm I'm pop- Go check out the coaches show yeah. if
0: you're listening to this. Uh, every Wednesday at Finn. It's a, it's a great time. Uh, starts at 6 30 right
2: yep six thirty at finn every wednesday and we keep pushing people to it there's just two links uh, the, the varsity network app is, is where you can get every live grizz football game broadcast as well as every archived coaches show and podcast and then uh, every inside the den will be released and we've been doing it on an inconsistent basis this year it won't be the case when you're done listening to coulter's show on monday we will have a new inside the den out every monday for your drive time home and then every coaches show wednesday so that's that would be what i I would plug my man
0: well thanks so much uh, for doing this with me it's presented in part by blackfoot communications who also proudly presents uh, the inside the den podcast go uh, rate review subscribe to all those things and uh, appreciate you for listening there's a lot of things that make montana great from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the west but what really makes this place special is you our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC.
1: Blackfoot Communications is excited to announce new voice services for small businesses. Paired with our internet services, business Wi-Fi, and technical support, your business can stay connected to your employees, customers, and communities around the clock. Sign up for services in less than two minutes at goblackfoot.com slash more than voice. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Bobcat Sports and Grizzly Athletics.